race car spelled backwards is still race car. Welcome to the race car spelled backwards podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Brad, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jamie. Some people call me Jaime, but yes. Or James. Yeah, James. Or I can think of some other things that people have called you in the past, but we won't go there. We want to keep just, you know, PG-13. <laughs> yeah, that won't happen. I've recorded with you before. All right, guys, we're coming off a hot weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway with the Coke 600, a five-hour and 13-minute long race. It was the longest mileage race in NASCAR Cup history at 619.5 miles with a total of 413 laps and 18 cautions. And yours truly and your co-host here, Jamie, we were in Charlotte this weekend. We were, and it was hot, dude. I think I had a, about a case of water. I think I drank a case and then sweat out about two. It was insanely hot. Yeah, it felt like August, man. But, man, what an experience. Oh, man. I Definitely can't... want to do that again. I, I, I can't even put into words how cool it was. And, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking about this whole thing for a while, guys. I mean, not just today, but in the episodes to come, I'm sure we'll – covered things that happened and you know we're, one of the coolest things for me was meeting Claire B. Lang and I, got, I sat there and talked to her for a second she introduced me to William William Byron's parents and first off his mom and dad are awesome people it's it's very obvious where William gets his personality and his attitude from and it's just why he's such a respectful kid is because he's got good parents but I asked Bill his dad I asked him if he gets nervous when he watches his son race because as a father, it would make me nervous watching my son race. And he's, he said, not really. He said, you know, William's a good driver and he's doing what he loves. So he knows it's all in God's hands and he doesn't really get nervous. Now his mom, on the other hand, she said watching Talladega and Daytona really makes her nervous, which is understandable. Most moms would be that way. Like I said, as a parent, I couldn't imagine watching my kid go 180 miles an hour for 500 laps. I think it would, I'd be a nervous wreck. It was an amazing experience. I want to do it again. I really feel like we kind of fanboyed out for about four hours. Then we realized we were there to work. <laughs> and uh, actually worked. Uh, realized what we need to do better next time. Um Hopefully we get to do it again. I mean, first of all, it was amazing. The personnel at the track, friendliest people I've ever run into. I mean, in fact, it wasn't until we were leaving. We were leaving Charlotte. Brad told me, that guy in the blue jacket, that was Marcus Smith. I'm like, that guy I talked to like all night? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes. I knew he was in charge. I just didn't know he was that in charge. And I've never looked at an image. I've heard him on different podcasts, L Junior Download. He seems like a nice guy, but now I can tell you, he is a fantastic, nice guy. Love the guy. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious that Marcus really cares about not just not just his facilities and the turnout. I mean, it was a sold out crowd at Charlotte over the weekend, but he cares about your your experience. I mean, we were there to work the race, and Marcus wanted to make sure we had everything that we needed, and everybody in the media center actually had everything they needed 
to go out and do their jobs to report on the race and and we didn't have to think about it no it was, it was awesome I mean, you know i walked up to the cooler grabbed some water all coke products of course because it was the coke color 600 and i knew he was in charge he went up to someone and said hey um water's getting low someone needs to put it back in so i figured he was like you know manager over about the 10 people that were there assisting us to do our job but you know as brad told me as we were driving home to atlanta he said did you see Marcus Smith was there all the time? And I said, where? <laughs> he said, that guy in the blue jacket. I said, like I said earlier. No idea. That <laughs> guy I was talking to all the time, telling me where to go, how to get there. He goes, yeah, that was Marcus Smith. That, so, wasn't, that wasn't the only time we were talking to people and didn't know who they were. I mean, we, we were talking to this old-looking guy, and – then we're standing up at driver intros and out on the stage walks Lee Greenwood to sing. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy from the media center we were talking to. Yeah, we were sitting there going, hey, who's that guy? I know that guy. No idea who he was. Now we couldn't come up with the name. Know the song, but just yeah. didn't know the face. Um, for me, I, one of the highlights of the whole weekend for me was during the national anthem and the prayer I was able to stand out near the Spire Motorsports number seven car with Corey LaJoy and his team. And I've seen it on TV my whole life, you know, when the fans, or not the fans, but the teams actually line up on pit road to do the prayer and then to do the national anthem. And I've always wanted to be down there for that moment. So that was really where I took my media hat off and I was 100% fan. I asked, the, I asked one of his crew guys, I said, can I stand here with y'all for this? He's like, yeah, sure, stand right here. They lined up, and there we went. And it was just, it was really a neat experience for me just to be able to have that opportunity. So big, big shout-out, big thank you to Marcus Smith and everybody at SMI. Beautiful facility, plenty of toilet paper. I didn't see an issue with that anywhere I looked. Everything. The bathroom in the media center was amazingly clean, like a Chick-fil-A. I mean, no, <laughs> I mean that's a compliment exactly. if you don't know exactly. what a Chick Fil A is, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> it was awesome. That's that's all I can really say about it. It was probably the coolest experience of my life. No, up until now at least. Yeah, <laughs> and you know I while Brad was standing up front during the prayer and the national anthem. Of course, it was after the national anthem. I stood there with my hat off, looking at the flag like I should, but I saw this. Little old man with a cane, wandering around. I asked him, hey, can I get you some water or anything? And he looked up at me, and I realized it was Humpy Wheeler. Oh, Humpy. So I introduced myself to Humpy. I, I called him Mr. Wheeler. I said, hey, Mr. Wheeler. He said, hey, how are you? And he squinted at my press pass, and he said, James? <laughs> I said, you can call me Jamie. He said, well, you can call me Humpy. I said, do you like coming around here? He said, this is my favorite place in the world. And I said, really? He goes, yep. Tell him, tell him what I he told die, you. When tell I him die, what he told you. <laughs> I'm going to come back and haunt this place, but not in a bad way. I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to play tricks on people. And I thought, you know what? From what I've seen and read of Humpy, because I've known him since I was a kid. Well, I've known of him since I was a kid. And his stunts to get people at the track, I believe him. I do too. I mean, and you know what? He is a just an amazing ambassador for the sport. He was there the whole stinking race. And, you know, some people knew him. He knew everybody by name. I, 
I hope and pray he knows my name next time <laughs> I see him. And I, I hope, you know, he's just a fantastic guy. Like I said, fanboy for four hours. It was probably what, well, we, probably once an hour into the race, we decided, hey, we need to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we hit that point right around green flag. Um, yeah. Because we went to the media center, watched the start of the race from the media center. And what were we there? It's five hours before start. Golly, man. We, we got to the track at 12 o'clock. 12.30, I think is what time we stopped by our hotel, tried to check in. It was too early because it's race weekend. So we went ahead and went to the track, got our passes, and, I mean, it easily 12.30, 1 o'clock, we were down in the infield going to the media center, which was about as far as we could go until they opened the gates. And then from there it was on. I mean, we we had a really good time and got to see a really good race also. And, you know, that, I think that's the thing. The Amazing biggest, race. Biggest storyline out of the weekend was how good the race was. So, you know, I, every week we reference the Jeff Gluck poll on here. And I know I vote on it. Jamie, he votes on it. So I went and checked it. It's actually official. We Usually by the time we record this, it's still going. But the poll's been closed and the official results are in. 91% of the people who voted said yes, it was a good race, leaving 9% to say no. Those 9% must have not been Denny Hamlin Do you think fans. they turned on just when that, that we had a long sequence of green laps? Do you think that's when they watched it and then cut it off, went over to watch? When you say long, you're saying like 40 laps, though. Well, you know, maybe that's all they turned it to, and they're <laughs> like, there's nothing happening here. Didn't listen to any of the people in the booth. Went back to, what is it, uh, My Favorite Idol or something like that, where they, the Singspiration competition. Uh, I hate those, but any, you know. The mask Juggler. Yeah, or the juggling. <laughs> Dancing with a mask on or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean. Maybe, know your idol. I, my wife watches it. Maybe, I, maybe. I really think it probably has more to do with people who hate Denny Hamlin. So I'm thinking 9% are just hardcore, nose to the grind, Chase Elliott fans, and if Chase doesn't win, they hate the race. There, There's a small percentage of people who will hate a race. It could have been the best race in the world, which I do think this was one of the best Coke 600s we've seen in recent memory. But because of who won, there's people out there who will vote no. Well, you know what is kind of – disappointing having been there as part of the media i met some people i haven't ever liked before in my life <laughs> that were really nice don't worry we're, we're gonna we're gonna get there I've later got, i've got that in but notes. <laughs> dang it man how am i gonna be hating on these people anymore when i like them everybody we met was cool whether yeah. it was immediate from media personality to track employees to just other nascar official employees to drivers, drivers, crew chiefs, crew members. Truck like, drivers back in the garage with yeah. the haulers. I mean, every, I mean, just amazing. Everybody was cool. I mean, it's look, this is a sport we love. We do this podcast because we love this sport so much. Yeah, we don't make anything. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not doing it for a financial gain. We're doing this to try to give back, you know, just to try to help the sport grow because, you know, I want to see this sport around for many, many years to come. 
And the only way I know to do that is to continue to do what we're doing here. Be enthusiastic, positive. Maybe we say some things about someone when they're being negative in the sport. Uh, you know, maybe after meeting some of these people, I've overreacted. I am going to call someone out when they say something that I think is negative. And no if doubt. I don't just if I don't agree with Brad, I'm going to call him out. But Otherwise, we both the love show the, would suck. Yeah, we both love the sport. And I'm telling you. I want to be a member of the media again. And Uh-oh. I know we've already discussed. We had a five-hour drive back yesterday. We've texted and talked to each other on the phone. We know how we can be better as members of the media. And those are improvements we want an opportunity to have. But yeah, we definitely want to bring y'all, our listeners, the best content we can each week. And if you follow us on Twitter, you were able to see everything that we got to experience over the weekend. I, I know I posted a ton of pictures and a ton of videos. So, And if you've listened to us from the beginning, just the audio quality, you can see <laughs> that we're improving. Every week, man. Every week. <laughs> yep. So, back to Charlotte. Let's talk about this race. So, we know it was a good race. Um, the Jeff Gluck poll, it's another 90 percenter. That is 22 races have made 90 percent club out of 240 races polled. This is the fourth 90% race this season alone. That is pretty amazing. And considering every one of those four have been an intermediate track, could have been five if Texas wouldn't have sucked so bad, but Texas sucked so bad, so it's only four. But that's that's a good sign for this next-gen car. And I think, honestly, Sunday and after, night was a good test for the next-gen car. And after having talked to Marcus, not knowing he was – I knew his name was Marcus. I didn't know it was Smith. Well, he looks just like Bruton, dude. <laughs> well, I don't – I can't tell you what Bruton looks like. I've heard him talk. Well, I've probably seen him interviewed on television when he was more active. But, you know, after – I was even a little critical with him about Texas and – he didn't use himself as in the first person, like, I decided this or that. And I didn't, it wasn't an interview. It was casual conversation. Yeah, it was more like we, you know, as, as but, a But, you know, he had to say what he said after the All-Star race. That's his track. And you know what? After having seen him in action, he like, loves an em- his employees. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's like talking bad about your kids, though. Yeah. So You're not going to talk crap on your kids. I'll give him license for that, but I'm still going to say... Texas sucks. I'm sorry, Marcus. You've got an amazing track in Charlotte. You've made great improvements at our home track in Atlanta. We know you can fix it. Yeah, get rid of the trough. Go for it. The trough needs to go. <laughs> we are we have surpassed that as a species. We yeah. don't need to pee in troughs together anymore. All right. So the next gen car, what'd you think? How'd it perform at Charlotte? I thought the car did great. I really do. I mean, you know, we still had some flat tires and issues of random spinning outs, tow link issues, but we've had those all year. It put on an amazing race. You know, Denny, when we were in the, I guess, I think it was the media center when he was talking about the next gen car, I think somebody even asked him, was it a good race? And he made a very good point that I honestly, I know it and it made total sense but i've never really thought about it but he reminded everybody in that room this is a brand new car there's gonna be problems there's gonna be things they have to work out 
the old car we had what 15 plus years we had yeah, that car to work on we were still working out issues in the last year exactly but we had ironed most of them out so i think we have to give this car time you're gonna have races that unfortunately you're gonna have races that are really good and you're gonna have races that really suck but that's a product of a new car just give it time you know if you hate this car i'm sorry give it some time it can only get better that's the thing i think people have to remember i still think short tracks are the issue flat tracks exactly tracks without banking well, i mean like I, like we just talked about the 90 percent club four tracks this year every one of them has been an intermediate for the last five years on twitter not including this season the last five seasons last season and back everybody has complained about the product at a mile and a half track well, I've complained. It sucks. I've complained. But here we go now. It's complete opposite. Everybody loves the product we're getting at a mile and a half track. I'm really curious for Michigan. I am too. It's going to be, well, actually Michigan should be a good race because. I think it'll be a great well, race. Fontana I, was a good race and that's a two mile yeah, track. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just, you know, happy with anticipation. I where, think you're going to see more drafting at yeah. Michigan than usual just because of these packages. But I'm with you. I, I can't wait to see it. And like you pointed out, Jamie, we did see a lot of tires, a lot of cars with tire issues and a lot of cars getting loose, spinning out. And, I mean, I, I kind of run through these. There's a, a lot. So I'm going to kind of run through them really quickly. But Daniel Suarez, he pushed Kyle Busch high. Kyle Busch taps the wall and spins out. Corey LaJoy blows the tire, spins out, hits the wall again. I mean, he hit the wall in practice, same issue. Had a tire blow in practice, he hit the wall hard. Bubba Wallace, he gets loose coming off turn four, slides through the front straightaway grass, or turf, my bad. Austin Sendrick had a tire go down, putting him in the wall, ending his day. Kyle Larson, he gets loose, spins out. Dude, we saw him catch fire. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, we were standing right behind the pit box. Kyle Larson had a hell of a day. God, man. And what a pep talk his oh, crew yeah. chief gave him. Ryan Blaney, he catches the apron, shoots the car up, causes the big one. Kevin Harvick, Noah Gregson, they got loose. They spun out at different times. Tyler Reddick, he had a tire go down, hitting the wall. Suarez gets loose, collects the 17, sends him flipping. Briscoe gets loose. Now, Briscoe getting loose, I don't know that I would put it in the same category as these other guys because Briscoe got loose going for the win. And yeah, and it was – I compared it at, in, the, in the moment – to his move at Bristol, Bristol, but he, uh, well, he was just, he was driving hard trying to win the race. I mean, and he had four fresh tires. So he, yeah, at the end of the race, Briscoe even said, if I would have driven my car about 95%, I would have probably won that race, but he drove it at 110%. And that's why he got loose. And honestly, that's just a young kid. He's a young driver with this, a new car. Yeah. This is his second year in the series in the cup series. First year in this new car like everybody else, but he had last year was a learning year, and this year is when it starts. Usually it's the second or third year before you start seeing improvements, and honestly, Chase Briscoe's the strongest car week in and week out out of that Stuart Haas camp. Har Harvick finished fourth, but yes. I mean, Week to week, he's in it to win it, where it seems like with the other Stuart Haas drivers, their positions at the end of the race is based on attrition. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Kevin Harvick had a 
a heck of a day. I mean, he got he loose. drove the crap out of the car. He didn't even have power steering. Kevin Harvick did yeah, everything he did amazing. without power steering. <laughs> Look, he did 413 laps without power steering. But like you said, it was a product of attrition yesterday, or excuse me, Sunday at the Coke 600. I mean, Kevin Harvick had all his issues and finished third. Chase Briscoe spun out with two laps to go and finished fourth. So that's not a bad showing. If you go by the finishing order, that's not a bad showing for Stuart Haas. But it's everything it took to get there. I mean, if you wouldn't have had 20-something cars caught up in accidents, I mean, let's 24th and back. 24th position. No, wait a minute. Even more than that. 20th position and back were caught up in accidents at some point in time during the race. Now, Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe, they were caught up in it. So it really was a product of attrition. I don't think if you would have had all those other guys running, you would have seen Kevin Harvick finishing third or but Chase we, Briscoe finishing in fourth. We saw, I mean, look at look at Kyle. What what we were sitting there at his um behind his pit box, what do he have like a 6-minute pit stop? Yeah, it was How in God's st- name did he end up second after that? We were like, "Oh, he's cussing in there. Oh, uh, he's tearing a new one, man." I was trying just, to get I was getting video of um, Kyle Busch's stop on that long stop, and I ended up having to stop recording because after a minute or so, I knew it was never going to upload on Twitter. But I just I wanted to make sure I had some good video content to shoot over to our friends at the Left Turn Cult, make sure they had some stuff. Dalton, you know, he's a big-time Kyle Busch fan. So one of the things I found interesting was Bob Parkers was explaining on the teardown with Jordan Bianchi that – these tires, you know, just like the car, they're also a work in progress. Goodyear's not going to build or remake a tire in a week. It's going to take a while. It's going to take probably all season before we start seeing these tires have major improvements. But it's just a product of the tires. You know, the teams always run low air pressure. The lower the air pressure, the more grip they have. So they're going to run air pressure low because as they run – we all know it builds up air pressure, so they want to start low. But we saw Goodyear engineers at every they were, pit stop. Yeah, man. they were looking uh, at stop. every tire after every pit stop. BBS was there too. Their yeah. their engineers were monitoring the wheels. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, I mean NASCAR's on top of it. Is yeah, what we're getting at. You know, one thing Bob said that I didn't think of, but for example, when you're going 180 miles an hour, 190 miles an hour in the turn and you drop down to the flat of the apron and then come back up, that compromises the tire. And I guess if you if you look at it, I guess it would compromise it with those low air pressures. When they drop down, that sidewall is going to push up on that 18-inch rim. you only got, what, two, three inches of sidewall? But anybody with a license has experience where you see that sign, uneven pavement, and you drop a wheel or two wheels oh, yeah. to a lower pavement and have to get back. Yeah, it's almost like running, a car accident. We're, we're running, running 34 PSI <laughs> yeah. in our tires. When we do that, they're running 8, 10. I mean, the, the tires look visibly low on a restart. But, like I said, it's just part of it. So. And as they warm up, you can, you know, you, when they pull in for a pit stop, they ain't 8 PSI anymore. They're 30, 34, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they definitely jump up. So, I, my, I guess my whole point is be patient. 
You know, it, I'm I'm with everybody else. I, I think the new cars made have, this season better. Yeah, I have zero patience to be honest with you, but I think the we're getting more better product than usual out of this car than we did out of last year's car. It's not going to hit it out of the park every racetrack. We're going to have to step back and punt and make improvements. But mile and a half in super speedways, it's yep. been fantastic. Which is the majority of your races. Yep. And then on the whole aspect of these cars spinning out, and you know, we used to see cars get squirrely all the time in the old car. And Denny was explaining that in the old car, when they got squirrely, the side was more like a billboard. You know, the air would hit it, and it, I guess it kind of straightened you back out. The air would help keep you from wrecking, basically, is what Denny was saying. But he said in these new cars, you get just the tiniest bit sideways, the air's going to grab that whole car, and it's going to spin you around. I mean, you pretty much know if you get loose, you're going up the track. You're going somewhere. I mean, we saw it with Blaney. We saw it with Suarez. Heck, we saw it with Kyle Busch and Daniel, yeah, Daniel Suarez. We saw it with Austin Dillon. I mean, these guys get loose very easily. And if you get loose and that rear end sticks out, right side sticks out too far, the air's getting you, and you're going around. Have you noticed their recoveries are getting better, though, most of the drivers? Oh, so they're, they're learning the car. Yeah, the drivers are learning the car. But I saw – I'm not even going to dignify the guy with it by saying his name on, on here, but I saw a guy on Twitter who is a – a prominent figure in the media of NASCAR. I know the name from over the years of NASCAR, but he said that the, there's a massive problem in NASCAR that needs to be fixed immediately. We shouldn't have guys spinning out. These cars shouldn't be so hard to drive. Yeah, well, they should be. Yes, they should. We're I the agree. premier series in the U.S., we, and we want to conquer the world with our series. Myself and you both have discussed this over the past years. These cars look like slot cars riding around the track. They look too easy to drive. Now, they don't. Nope. We want hard to drive. I don't care if you're Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, or Cody Ware. It doesn't matter. If you get sideways and spin out, you get sideways and spin out. Don't talk about Cody Ware in I a negative about, light anymore. I said nothing negative we met him and. Like I, I predicted last week, <laughs> we were going like to meet these people we don't like, and we're going to end up liking them. That's just because they're nice people. But they then are. again, they know their success relies on fans pulling for them and watching them. So they also know that you know they understand podcasts is opinion based, and oh, we're very opinionated. Journalism is supposed to be. It's not always. No, you have some. It's supposed to be fact based. Journalism, you have an editor to answer to. Podcasting, well, it's just me and you. I was a journalism major for a year. Yeah, I didn't do journalism. I told you I sucked in math. I know. <laughs> I'm Kyle, pretty good at math. Sucking. You, you mentioned it earlier, Kyle Larson getting that pep talk from Cliff Daniels. Dude, that was – I think – I don't think I've ever heard a pep talk in NASCAR that convincing. Like, I was – I was ready. Like I was like, I've heard go. Joe Gibbs when he was the coach of the Redskins give those kind of talks. But not Cliff Daniels. I do you think Cliff studied great pep talks? Dude, I don't know, but Cliff knocked it out of the park. I mean Cliff, if I mean, you're if you're listening, Cliff, you need to go give graduation speeches next year during graduation season. That was a motivational speak that we'll know for infinity. Dude, or is I, it infinity? And beyond? 
Was that FDR that said that after the bomb? I don't remember. Bombing of Pearl Harbor? Infinity? Or did he say infinity? I don't know. I Neither one of us was born. Shit. Our way, parents weren't way even born. Way before my time. So. Yeah, our parents weren't even around for that. So, Ryan Blaney calls the big one. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing wrecks like that on tracks bigger than two and, or smaller than two and a half miles. I mean, that was... I pretty much collected half the field. Actually, it did collect about half the field. I think there was 12 cars total involved in that wreck. Well, wouldn't that be about a third then? <laughs> I told you, <laughs> I, I sucked at math. <laughs> Don't be asking me English questions now. <laughs> I didn't do good in that class either. Look, basically, I was successful in high school and lunch and anything that happened after school. That's pretty good at PE. I don't remember taking PE senior year. I got decent at math when my dad realized I was really good at math if you put a dollar sign in front of the number. And he just said, why don't you just put a dollar sign in front of everything? Teacher's not gonna get pissed grading your paper. Why do you have all these S's on your paper, Jamie? <laughs> I told him, I, you know, I'm sorry, doctor. So-and-so, I, I put one slash through the S. That's a dollar sign. He said, no, you're supposed to put two. So, you know, I even failed at the dollar sign. <laughs> well, that, I just, that was insane. And, you know, it kind of goes up back to what we were talking about with, from what Bob Parker said about these tires getting down on that apron. And we also heard people saying the paint on the stripes was getting them loose, too. It was so slick. So maybe a product of Ryan hitting that apron and then hitting the paint on the lines but he, he just shot right. That car hooked right hard and quick. But you're, you're going against what Jamie McMurray said. McMurray said you go to the paint for more traction. That's think how it's been, been out in of the racing past. too long? Well, I think that's how it's been in the past. Maybe, maybe with these new cars and smaller profile tires, he gets slick on it. Or maybe the paint was on the apron, and that's why it Has shot Has McMurray the driven the second gen? No. no. Clint has. Yeah, but still, it was Bowman Gray, so. Flat track, but they thought it was awesome. Well, then they raced on a flat track and realized it wasn't. Junior even drove it at Bowman Gray, didn't he? Yep. Do we need Junior to also, he also drove it at Talladega, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, Bubba Wallace was also caught up in that wreck from Ryan Blaney causing and ended up getting disqualified for not meeting minimum speed Booty. rookie mistake man what the heck booty even came out and admitted to the mistake and you, you know so if you don't know what happened nascar gives you three laps to make minimum speed when you're on the damaged vehicle clock bubba wallace goes out there now it's all it also needs to be noted lap one does not count in those three laps so basically you get Get up to speed lap, and then you get three laps. Well, four total, I would say, because there was still time on the clock. Bubba's crew said, "Hey, man, just just hold back on these tires. Don't Save go all them out." tires, Bubba. Well, that's what Bubba did, and three laps later, he hadn't met minimum speed. Guess whose day ended? What was funny was at the post-race interview session with Denny. <laughs> It was brought to Denny's attention, and Denny kind of did a double head pump, like, what the what hell? The hell? <laughs> and he admitted, he goes, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's something definitely we'll talk about on Tuesday. So the first he hear, heard of it was in the media room, yeah, post-race. I, I don't think he was too happy about it. No. But he didn't really, he didn't let it ruin, damper his mood, any. 
So the other big thing I think we've been talking about this season are these dang toe links. Chase Elliott barely gets into the wall and breaks a toe link. And then his day's pretty much over from the damaged clock as well. I mean, you had... We had he had legit problems. I mean, he tried to, whereas well, Bubba didn't even we try. We were standing there in his pit stall, and you just see sparks flying out. It's like, what the heck are these guys doing? I thought, honestly, I thought we had another stuck lug or stuck nut. I, you know, oh, these, I saw a guy... I mean, he jumped over the wall. He about took And I out. made... A, well, he, it wasn't that close. We made eye contact as soon as he jumped the wall, and I got out of the way, realized the tool he needed was a toolbox behind me, not in the pit box. But, yeah, I knew what he was thinking as soon as he looked at me after he jumped the wall. I was like, oh, crap. But I got out. He had plenty of time. He didn't slow down. I tell you what, if I didn't get out of the way, I would have been flat on my ass. But we know that NASCAR is working on the issue with the tires blowing out, the stuck lug nuts, because we saw those guys there at the track. And we would have never known the logistics of what was going on if we weren't granted this pass. Well, what I don't know is, is NASCAR working on something to fix this tow link? Because, look, we, we now have composite bodies just like the Xfinity cars. You can pancake a wall with that Xfinity car and still win the dang race. With a cup car, you barely hit the wall. It breaks these tow links. So You know, I've changed my opinion on the tow link after being there. Well, you don't like it or you do like it? I do like it. Protect your car. I don't know, man. I want to see them run these cars on the ragged edge of out of control, and that means you're well, already hit. running at the ragged edge of out of control. Yeah, but Chase barely touched the... Okay, I'm a Chase Elliott fan. Let's just start well, I'm there. a Chase Elliott fan, he too. He barely touched that wall. Protect it. He was leading. When Daniel Suarez, who apparently is on a rampage and going to take everybody out because he put Bush in the wall, he spun out. Elliott in the wall, he spun out. I mean, Daniel Suarez obviously is in the hot seat wanting to win a race. Now, Trackhouse might but not be pushing he, it. Yeah, is he putting the pressure yeah. on himself? I think so. I, I don't think it's Trackhouse. Well, no, because you've heard I've heard Justin Marks talk numerous times about having conversations with Ross Chastain to get him to calm down. And I think it worked with him with Ross because Ross calmed down, realized he had all this potential – and then Ross goes out and starts kicking butt. But I mean, that success Ross led is, the most laps last night. And but I, Ross's success is putting pressure on Suarez no matter what anyone's telling Daniel. 100%. 100%. So, Daniel Suarez, with all that pressure on him, for a third time, he gets loose. This time when he gets loose, he collects Chris Busher, sending him sliding through the front straightaway turf, catching a drainage grate with the A-post of his car, sending it flipping through the air. So the right re rear stopped spinning or even moving, so it was kind of like a pole vault putting their pole in that hole. Yep. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> but it was a good example, a good metaphor. So it launched him just like a pole vaulter. What did he spin, six, seven times? I, something like that. It was insane. It I would say this. It was very cool to see him walk away. It was even cooler to hear his interview saying he wasn't hurt. In my opinion, what was not cool how long it took is how to long flip it took that to car get him over. out of the car. But we saw... We were watching it going, what the hell are they doing? We saw Indy where the crew, the safety crew, flipped the car over. 
to get the driver out. I'm okay with flipping it over. I think no, they, but they did it by hand, muscles. Oh well. I'm sure the car weighs too much for that. You've seen those it, safety crew guys, and none of them really look like they got muscles. The muscles are on well, the pit crew. Well, what I think it happened is that they knew how to do it. They just weren't fast and efficient at it. I think they practiced it. They need to practice it like the pit crew practices changing tires. That's that's what I'm getting at here is they need to do something because you saw Chris Busher's face. Yeah, what if there was a fuel lake and a fire? When he Chris, died. When he got out of the car, Gone you dead. could see his face. It was blood red Bye -bye. from hanging upside down. All the blood rushes to your head. I, I'm surprised he could walk. There was no blood left anywhere in his body but his head. I mean, he was upside down for quite long enough for us to walk from the media center down pit road and check it out and watch what was going on. Yeah, I mean, we went from seeing it in the press room's television monitors to seeing it live. Nuts. Well, then we had two green-white checkers. The first green-white checker we had gave us a lot of excitement with all the different tire strategies. Austin Dillon obviously had the fastest car on those four tires. He shot up on the bottom, shooting low, leaving Chastain to shoot the high line with Denny and Larson in the middle. Larson gets a little squirrely, gets into Chastain, hooks Austin Dillon, causing a seven-car wreck, leaving Denny as the leader. For the next green-white checkered, second green-white checkered gets underway. You had two Joe, JGR guys fighting it out with Kyle and That was and a Denny. great battle between Kyle and Denny. Neither one was going to give an inch because we know, we know their personalities from having watched them for years. I thought maybe they'd wreck each other and Harvick might win. Well, what I thought was cool about those two racing is neither one of them wanted to give an inch, nor were they going to give an no, inch. No, they weren't. I mean, but they didn't race dirty. No, they Kyle didn't. didn't dive bomb Denny. Denny didn't push Kyle up into the wall. They Denny didn't pull a Joey. Denny crowded Kyle on the high side because Denny was on the low side, so he held his low line, or more or less held the meet the middle line crowding Kyle but not wrecking Kyle and Kyle was disappointed when he got out of the car that he didn't win but he wasn't mad at Denny for racing him hard that was good solid hard racing and that's what we want to see and at the end of the at the end of the lap Denny Hamlin he's the winner his 48th cup victory and his first Coca-Cola 600 victory and he did all that without his crew chief and two crew members being suspended yeah wasn't that awesome the substitute yeah, that's what they kept calling. Did we miss a motivational speech on the radio? By Denny to Sam? Yeah, did, <laughs> or did Sam give it to Denny? I, Denny probably gave it to Sam. Yeah, I think. You're doing great, Sam. Hang in there. What, yeah, Denny? you got it, Sam. I got it, Sam. He had a lot of good things to say about Sam, which obviously JGR puts Denny in phenomenal. I mean, he even said it on the download last week. If it wasn't for the quality of equipment, he wouldn't be where he's at because what the about quality the outdoes quality the quality of personnel. Sam's what was that? His second race he's ever called? For Denny it was. Yeah. I think he's done this a couple so times. This before. guy stepped in a one, in my opinion, the third biggest race in NASCAR that we do every year, which is, in my opinion, is Daytona, Southern five hundred. Coca-Cola 600. Some people might argue 600s after Daytona. I put it in third, but that guy won the Coca-Cola 600, dude. Yeah, I mean, other than... What the heck? That guy's got skill. I think your Coke 600, Daytona 500, Southern 500, 
And really, the Bristol Night Race are, in my opinion, the four crown jewels. But it, you can add the Bristol Night Race in there. Denny's won it. So I don't think there's a crown jewel race left that Denny hasn't won. I mean, he's got 48 victories. The guy, he's probably. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer without a championship. So who's the best driver without a championship? Is it Denny or is it Mark? Mark Martin don't have a championship, and he won a ton Ooh, of races. That's close, isn't it? I bet you if you asked Mark Martin, he would say it's Denny right, Hamlin. Hold on. We're forgetting one driver. Who? We've been asked, we've been making uh, fun of him, not on the podcast, but personally, the Where's Waldo candidate. <laughs> Carl Edwards. Well, He was a hell of a racer, and in many people's opinion, and I'm one of them, championship was stolen from him from a – a bizarre flag that was thrown for we don't know what. One point difference. A grain of sand. Tony Stewart to win the championship. And I was a big Tony Stewart fan, but I'm not. I, I was like, wow, it was taken from Carl, but yay, Tony Stewart. So, and we didn't meet Tony Stewart, so. I don't think Tony was there. So when Denny Hamlin was pulling into pit road or into victory lane at the end of the race, I got up and I shot out of the media center. I stayed in the media Jamie center because a, a Hall of Fame reporter who has already been mentioned said, hey, look, fight the urge to go to Victory Lane because they're coming here afterwards anyway. Her name's Claire B. I went to Victory Lane and it was a madhouse. I actually got out of Victory Lane because I couldn't even hold my phone up to take video. So Claire was right, Victory wasn't Lane. she? Oh, she was 100% right. <laughs> Well, it was funny, so I walk out there, I'm walking to Victory Lane, I see Denny getting ready to tank the left off of Pitt Road, and there's some drunk dude who apparently, some other guys had said security had been hollering at this guy, telling him to get back and watch out. As soon as Denny turns left, this guy jumps at Denny's car like he's going to attack, I guess attack the hood, because I don't think he was getting in the car. Well, at that point, security grabbed the guy, the guy just takes a swing, a right hook at security, at that point, security from everywhere just takes off. Denny's crew members, everybody was getting on this guy. Dude, hit a woman, man. He was trying to get – Denny was trying to get into the victory lane, and Denny's crew was pumped up on adrenaline, about to kill this guy probably. Luckily, they dragged the guy all the way. Denny got on into victory lane, and that's that. But I just – it was insane. You know, I heard a lot of people make comments – in the media center about they'll give these not press passes but um garage passes pit road passes you know they'll just give them to just about anybody well we heard that on the bus from the media parking to the yeah they were dogging out and saying no all you gotta do is have a podcast to get a press pass and jamie leans up we have a podcast it's like we have a podcast <laughs> and then it was just unnaturally uncomfortably quiet in the bus the rest of the trip well no but the late i can't remember her name Toyota PR lady, she sat right behind us. Yeah, she was She cool. was super friendly. Um, that um, Channel 46 Fox Charlotte, I don't think he ever warmed up to us at all. But uh, he was putting on makeup. While he we never were... even spoke to us. Like, no, uh, he talked to her. But he's he... on local news, man. He ain't got time for two podcasters. Man, he's a superstar. Yeah, we, it, those national media guys, they got time for us. But that, the local guys, you know, it's, he's big shot in Charlotte. He, he ain't got no time for us. That man. had to be the problem because yeah, he, we were in Charlotte. Clint, Jamie, what's that guy that used to be on ESPN? I should know his name, but I got a brain fart right now. Michael. Waltrip? No. I saw him. He was nice. Yeah. Oh, you're talking him. about Hammond. Jeff Hammond? No, he was... 
He was nice. He was nice. No, uh, when they were in front of the stage. Jamie Mack, Mike Joy, and Clint Boyer were Mike Joy won there. Oh, you're going like Chris Myers. Chris Myers, that's okay. him. They were great people. They were nice to us. Jamie Little was great. Yep. I don't know one of the guys that I knew his voice because I listened Reagan to Smith. PR. Well, Reagan Smith. No, but this was a PRN. Oh, yeah, that was... As um, soon as he talked, I was like, oh, I know that dude. That was like Jordan Bianchi. I had no idea. Jordan Bianchi sitting in front of us on the bus had no... Well, he talked to line. us when, yeah. when I made the but podcast we're, comment. We are sitting there talking, and I was like, I know this guy. I know this voice, but I just did I never really put a face with the name, but if you're ever wondering, Jordan sounds exactly on the podcast what he sounds like in real life. It was funny how many people that actually happened with. We would hear their voice and like, we know the name, voice. We just didn't know the face to go with the voice. And like we said earlier, I'm telling you, 99.9% of the people in the media were nice and helpful to us. They wanted to make sure we knew the rules, what to do and not to do, but they also made suggestions on what we should do to talk to someone they were amazing. And to just to clear up the air, they said that there were some podcasters that got completely smashed drunk. Yeah, it showed out and in the media Yeah, center. showed their ass, which is wrong. We didn't do that, but we did. Had to be removed. But hold it. We would be remiss if we don't mention our very first experience at the media parking lot. Oh, yeah. Home, I mean, dude. Homeboy I mean, throwing cones? Yeah. Yeah, Privileged dude. I, I don't know who this guy was. So security that worked the parking lot. Super make, nice old, elderly yeah. gentleman. Making sure Great that we guy. got in, got parked, and knew where to go. He'd wave the bus down for us. You know, super nice guy. He was holding two spots for the security team that was working the lot. Some dude in the truck just flies in there. Well, he tells the guy to move. So the guy says, starts, hey, this is reserved for security. So the guy starts kicking the cones and grabs one of the security guys it 25 yards and out just the field. chunks it and then he speeds out of his parking spot about almost runs hit into us the parking. shuttle just and we went and asked the guy hey are you okay you need help he said no i've already called the police yeah i'm a, i don't know we didn't see that guy again maybe after he got that. run out because his truck wasn't there when we left yeah. he parked right behind I'm, us i'm thinking well that guy wasn't gonna let him get on the shuttle he was gonna have to walk it Oh, yeah, field. we did leave without him. Yeah, the shuttle driver. <laughs> he almost hit the shuttle driver, too. She wasn't going to ride oh, yeah, around with him. Oh, yeah, almost rear-ended. It was insane. So but. our experience was awesome. At the end of the night, I, this is kind of a funny story. I walked into the bathroom before we got on the shuttle to leave, and standing there next to me at the in the bathroom was Denny Hamlin. And I, I didn't want to talk to him while he was peeing. You know, I wanted to wait till he got done. So as soon as you – You sure guess, you didn't talk to him at the urinal? Because I made fun of you when you came out. Oh, I, I was at, I was still peeing. Well, what took so long? I had a full conversation with Denny Hamlin before you came out. I had to pee. I don't know what to tell you. I was drinking all that free Bob Parker's water. <laughs> I, I didn't pee till yesterday. But I asked Denny, I asked <laughs> Denny in, the, in the bathroom there when we were done using the bathroom if this car was more of a challenge to drive than the old car for 600 miles and he said no, but yes. And he said the reason he would say yes is because of the independent steering. It doesn't have as much play as the old car. So the old car, if you barely turn the wheel, it wasn't necessarily going to jerk into the wall where the new car is. So then Denny leaves the bathroom. I had to wash my hands, so I was washing my hands. 
And then Jamie runs into Denny. Jamie, do you want to tell the fans what you said to Denny? Because I thought it was hilarious. I told Denny that since he got into the Cup Series, I hated him. Oh, he didn't just say he hated him. He no, said no, he no, effing hated him. No, but let's <laughs> not go there. Let's not hurt. Oh, no, let's not go mature. I, did, I said effing. I didn't say the whole word. But I did say, hey, look, I listened to the Dale Jr. download religiously. And after you talked, I liked you. I hate that I like you, but I like you. And you know what? Without blinking an eye, all he did is say, well, and of course he called me James. We got to get on a better first name basis. He doesn't know my nickname's Jamie. But he said, James, Lisa got a new friend. That's right. Shook my hand and left. I was like, he's right. You got a new friend, Denny. We've talked about this for two weeks. I mean, the more Denny talks, the more we like him. And here it is. I don't care for Denny. I'm still not a fan of Denny's as a driver. But Denny Hamlin as an owner is one badass. Like, I like Denny Hamlin as an owner. This sport needed owners like Denny Hamlin and Justin Marks. These guys are coming in. They're not following the same old tried-and-true way of owning a team. I mean, you got Project 91 only for international drivers. Justin Marks is trying to bring more eyes to the sport. You got Denny Hamlin trying to bring more eyes to the sport. And we talk about Trackhouse like crazy about how amazing their success is. But, you know, we kind of forgotten that 2311 won a race last year and this year. They won a race their first two seasons. That's amazing. Well, How many race teams Colic. have raced in all three of the series? Colic won a race last year. But many teams have done all three series and never won a race. No, but I think your younger these younger guys coming in, Matt Colic, Justin Marks, Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, these guys coming yeah, in. Yeah, they're as shattering owners, the system that's been in place for years. They're not playing by the same old rules. They're worried about growing the sport, more eyes on the sport, more seats filled in the stands. I mean, we're having sold-out races. We haven't had sold-out races in years. I mean, we just had a few. Phoenix just announced this morning that the 2022 championship race at the end of this year, it's already sold out. Coke 600 was sold out. Atlanta sold out. Daytona sold out. We have sold out races again. We haven't had sold out races since the late 90s, early 2000s. Now when are we going to get a reality show that will put us on the map like F1? It needs to be a real reality show, not like this driving wives of NASCAR where they faked it. Yeah, I never saw that. I never watched it, but I know it was 100% and, fake. you know, I've heard good things about the Bubba Wallace documentary. I tried to watch it, and I yeah. got bored. I mean, that's no reflection on his team or Bubba, but I got bored. Well, it's not Drive to Survive. It's, it's not going to fill that void that we're But missing. Drive to Survive has gotten old. Yeah, but it's it fake, seems, too. Yeah, it it's, seems. All those are manufactured rivalries, and that's. I mean, we've said it on the show. We don't like made-up manufactured cautions, so we definitely don't want a manufactured rivalry. Well, as we saw, and as we've seen for years, but especially behind the scenes, there's plenty of drama to put on television. Yeah. Without manufacturing it. No doubt. I mean, there's plenty of drama at the race Saturday, Sunday night without manufacturing drama. And look at our young guns that are winning. One thing that pissed me off about this weekend, and I'm still a little salty about it, if you can tell, there was a lot of people on Twitter, which we all know tw- Twitter is just the garbage can for NASCAR fans to go and complain. 
there's a core group of us that are probably positive and cool to be around and talk with, but you got a lot more people negative. But one of the things I noticed on Twitter this weekend was people complaining about the break in between stages two and three to have a moment of silence to remember and to honor all those lost fighting for our freedom. And what the hell's wrong with people? We, I, I Dude, don't don't watch NASCAR. We did, don't we don't need not, you. We don't need you in this that sport. That whole race without those without about, those people fighting for us, we wouldn't have the opportunity no. to go to that race, to be at that race, or to even race on that track. We wouldn't be able to have our little podcast without having a government official editing. Exactly. So if you didn't like that. These people died for our country. For God's sake, have some respect. You can pound sand. We don't. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think you, you don't have. A, there's not a place. For I don't you think in this we sport. have listeners that have that opinion. I uh, really don't. I hope not. No. Uh, no. Another thing, Phoenix announced this morning that it will host the 2023 championship race next season. Also, I have my opinions on it. Jamie, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I don't like it. Just don't like it. So here's where I stand on it. I don't like it either. I think two things. One, flat tracks have not been a strong suit of this car, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to get that fixed. So I'm not going to let that factor into my decision for not liking them running it back at Phoenix next year. I don't like it because back in the day, Kevin Harvick dominated Phoenix. He did. We know he doesn't anymore, but by having the race – at the same track each year, you're you're giving an advantage to somebody. To whoever's run it the most. To whoever's the best there. Yeah. So by moving it around, you don't allow somebody to get really good. It's like if I can survive to the final race and I suck at every other track, but I've won at Phoenix, all I got to do is get there, and then I can win a championship. Hasn't this car proven that the champ- the championship race would be great at a mile and a half? I say take it Except back. Except for Texas. Take it back to Homestead. But take it to Vegas. Look, it's November. I, I get it. It's cold. So that's going to cut out your northeast tracks. It cuts out a lot of your Midwest tracks, but you still got Atlanta. You got Bristol. You got Martinsville. You got Darlington. You got Talladega. You got Daytona. You got Homestead. You have plenty of racetracks in the southern hemisphere or the southern part of the United States that – you could race in in November and it'd still be warm. Is that that math creeping in again? What, the Southern Hemisphere part? Yeah. I'm a little confused about that. Yeah, I didn't do good at geography, obviously. <laughs> I, I, my minor in school was we're geography. Just pro- we're just proving it, how crappy I did isn't in high that school right just, here. That's the Southern part of the equator, isn't it? I got high the school Southern teachers. Hemisphere? I got high school teachers listening to this show right now going, yep, we told you. We knew he was an idiot. Why don't we run down to Brazil? It's summer in wintertime. In the Southern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. I meant Southeast. You can pick on me all you want. I don't care. I know what I meant. You know what I meant. Now the listeners now know what I meant as well. So, But that being said, we're getting ready to go to the Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. It's going to be our first trip there. Jamie, where the heck don't we want to stay? If we're going to Worldwide Technology Race. So many places. But I picked a select few. I do want to say I left a little Easter egg in the last episode about my metal pole in the front lawn. 
for a bizarre made-up holiday from Seinville? The answer is Festivus. 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 The holiday for the rest of us is Festivus. And at the end of this, like I'll also give you for. my review of the hotel we stayed in. I don't know why I'm leading into that, Mike, when I have one <laughs> on my lapel pin. I was thinking All the right. same thing, but I wasn't going to call you out. All right. Well, here we have this fake franchise. First Western Inn of Caseyville. These are all within commuting distance of the track. What was the name of that track again? Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. What is Worldwide Technology? Do you know? It's WWT. I have no okay. idea. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Wow. Whoa. All no right. Idea, That's man. an eye opener. No clue. All right. Well, let's go back to the first Western Inn of Caseyville. And it's Megan Moore. She gave it a one out of five on Google. She says this place is a complete shh hole. Shithole. Well, she did. She put asterisks there. I said shithole. Oh, okay. Shithole. Shithole. And then she goes down the road. We're trying to convince people not to go. Would rate zero well, if possible. She fell under the zero star trap. You can't. We all know it. People that go to Google reviews for everything. No, you can't give a zero. It's one through five. Man. It was the filthiest motel I've ever set foot in because that's all we did was set foot in the place before we realized 30 minutes later we needed to stay elsewhere. It's all stupid fault. She just stood there for 30 minutes with one foot in the door. There was feces in the toilet and piss stains all over the seat, which means it probably hadn't been thoroughly cleaned in months. You think? I'm going to just hazard here. Wouldn't it look like tea bags were in it if it's been there for a long time? Uh, Wouldn't you say the water was brown? I know that's more detail than anyone wants to hear, but wouldn't you? I don't get it, man. What's up with all these people walking in the new room? There's crap. A, there was a cleaning lady had to take a dump. Just or, flush. I'm not going to be sexist. The cleaning person. Just, just flush the toilets, people. That's all. But this is nasty. There were greasy handprints all over the remote control. Oh, you know what? That's how every remote... I thought she was going to say walls. <laughs> A spill stain in the microwave, which they should... That happens. That, but it still should be something you look at. And who's going to make more than a bag of popcorn in there? Dude, I haven't seen a microwave in a hotel room in a long time, so I'm just impressed they have a microwave. Some sort of dark brown goo on the sink handles. Well, maybe they were out of toilet paper when they dropped the deuce. <laughs> That's just dark. No, I'm sorry. The next statement gives us an answer. Carpet was sticky. Does that mean no. whatever human being dropped the deuce and put brown goo on the sink, then drug their butt like a dog <laughs> on the carpet? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the next statement oh. said, makes me think of that dog thing, too. All of the furniture was outdated and scuffed up, yeah. etc. We therefore went through the whole place with disinfectant. I thought you left. Why did you wipe it clean? Well, that was nice. I Hoping we could tough it out. Well, they cleaned it from the next guest. Then realize if bedding in God knows how long. <laughs> so we checked for bed bugs. They didn't find any. Hey, that's a plus. Yeah. No bed bugs is good. But the mattress itself was a piss yellow color. <laughs> you know. They took their the sheets whole, off. The whole mattress? 
She's insinuating someone urinated over the whole mattress. Maybe that was just the new color of it. I'm going to call into question here. I don't believe it. So they probably haven't gotten new furniture since the place first opened. Well, that I believe because that would cost money. And that might turn your white mattress yellow. Just age like an old magazine laying around the house. And this is the very first Western Inn, so... Yeah. It probably has the oldest furniture. Maybe the second and third Western end have more, like, newer furniture. It reeked of mildew. Yeah, that would stink. Urine. Yep. And cigarette smoke. It's now we've discovered smoking. Yeah, but we've discovered the answer. If there is a smoking room, the whole hotel's going to smell like smoke. Oh, yeah. So. It doesn't know, matter. You need a non-smoking Or hotel. if the smoking section's outside of your door by the air conditioning unit, it's gonna pull the cigarette smoke into your room. It's true, but you know what? She goes positive for just a second. The only positive thing I can say is there is a full-size refrigerator. Oh, heck yeah, that's what I always look for. In but then the next sentence, it's like she's blaming what happens next on the refrigerator because she says, we therefore, which wouldn't that mean after four? Yeah. She therefore packed our things up and headed over to the Motel 6 next door for a much more pleasant stay on a budget. Really? Well, at least they left a light on for her. Yeah, that's so you can see the bugs. If you don't want to leave your hotel caked in bacteria from head to toe, do not give them any of your money. Please save yourself the trouble. They need a change in management or just to be shut down altogether. Gross 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 why didn't she put an exclamation point after that big long so first off a change in management is probably not going to help because management doesn't spend any money on the hotel they just manage the hotel well i'm thinking it's a one-off hotel because it's first western it's the first western it's not the best western no but it's the western inn is a chain of hotels there's like seven or eight of them in the world this is just the first Western Inn. I'm, I'm just, in my opinion, the Isn't owner... Illinois in the middle of the country? Yeah. Then why is it Western? Wouldn't it be first But, you know, the, the gateway, inn? the big arch? Yeah. Right there in St. Louis is supposed to be the gateway to the west. Yeah, but you have to walk through that gateway to be on the west side. Well, can't you walk around it? Just past it would be west, wouldn't it? Well, how do you know we're past it? It's also the west side of the Mississippi River. But we're east Illinois But... Right Remember, the Louisiana Purchase was on the other side of the Mississippi. So in ancient days, ancient American days, the Wild West Early 1900s. was just the other side. No, we're talking like 1830s here. The other side of the Mississippi. I saw 1873. That was a good show. That is a good show. That's way west. Yeah, of was, the arch. That was before the first Western. Do you think end. that how old? I don't know how old that arch is. Do you think the covered wagons, the little pilgrim wagons, went? Well, that's wrong. Pilgrims didn't go there. They were in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, like everybody that listens to this show is going to wonder if we even have a high school degree, much less college degrees that we both have. Huh? Pilgrims. Them dang pilgrims but you know, migrated the problem west. Is, when I was a little kid, my grandfather loved John Wayne movies and. He go hell to pilgrims. John Wayne would. That's the only thing I remember that he would say. You ever met a pilgrim? I've met an Indian, but never a pilgrim. Met a lot of Quakers, but I'm my father. Like what the, what and happened to the pilgrims? You think about it, they just, they're gone. 
I've never met anybody who said, yeah, you there's know, still I'm, a church. I come from the pilgrims. Yeah, there's a My church in New England. It's got a different name, but if you, and I've seen it when my son was up in college in Boston, the church, the name of the church changed. You know, it was probably First Pilgrim Church of Boston. First United Pilgrimage Church of Boston. I don't remember their names. <laughs> they had historic memorial signs. Is that what they're called? Memorial signs? I don't know. Yeah, I'm so lost. Let's go to, yeah. The, <laughs> What's the next hotel there, James? It's Jamie? called the Guest Host Motel. Guest Host it Motel. It is in St. Louis itself, St. Louis proper. Heck yeah. This. And this is what's great about it. This guy didn't even stay there. Bruja Afrikaner. No, Af, no, his name is Bruja Afrikaner. Afrikaner. I'm thinking this is made up. He didn't want to. He didn't want to lose his job from DoorDash. Exactly. He gave it a one out of five, but this is what he said. He's a DoorDash driver. Came here to drop off a DoorDash order, and while waiting for the customer to come get their food, I got the chance to observe the environment and the cost here. And it is ridiculously expensive for a very meager and dilapidated place. Attics and ladies of the night frequent yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Within the five minutes that I waited, I was able to see that this is one of those kinds of hotels that facilitate this type of behavior. Behavioral nuances. Whoa, he goes big word. Yeah, he Maybe faked, that is his he faked his name. Maybe that is his yeah, real name. It could be. They're smart. Well, it's very well written. Bruja sounds very smart. It does, because I, I can't even say it. Or is it Burwija? Or maybe it's... Like the Ouija board? Burja. Or is it a Ouija board? It's B-R-U-J-A. If anybody knows how to pronounce that correctly, please send us an audio file of it. <laughs> but then he goes down to, he goes down that road. I wouldn't have given this place any stars, but I had to click something to be able to write a review. You know what? You shouldn't be reviewing he said it, it if better, you didn't stay here. But he said it better. But he saw prostitutes running around. No, he saw ladies of the night, not prostitutes. That's just ladies. Difference? I thought that was just a metaphor for oh. prostitutes. I don't know. I always thought it just meant. Does that just mean they're they're going to the club? They're clubbing. If they're going to the homeless gentleman's club that we stayed across from, maybe. What was that place called? Homeless gentleman's club. We did see that guy coming out with a glass pipe and no shirt on. That was weird. Homeless gentleman's club. He was the bouncer. He got off work. Oh, off you think that woods. it was like three a.m.? So yeah. he was closing up for the night. He probably owned it. He was heading over to the underpass to go to bed. Well, we saw tents there. Yeah. Which, some of those tents are better than some of these hotels we were in. Yeah, no, I don't know. We didn't go in those tents, nor do I want to. Well, Bruija gives us some advice because he tells us. But he puts a question mark on it. I don't understand that. My, My advice, advice question, question mark. So we can question him? Well, it's maybe he's, he's even questioning his advice. Avoid this place. This area is really, really bad. And this motel is way too expensive for the conditions this place is in. Unless you cater to that type of crowd. Maybe. Ten stars? Zero stars. So I guess what he's saying, if you want a prostitute, this would be a ten-star hotel. Yeah, if you're a drug addict and you're just looking oh, for some ladies. Oh, he didn't call prostitutes, so he called them ladies, ladies of the night. Ladies of the night, yeah. If you're looking for... Lady of the night. You're looking for a quick fix or a lady of the night, you want to go to the guest host motel. But you can't give 10 stars. So I don't think you can. He's taking this a new direction. You can't give three stars to a motel 
if it's a motel, you shouldn't have but two options. One star, two star. Pretty much. Two Your star means should be bed bugs. Two star no means you won't catch anything. One star means everything. It's getting red on the show. That's and you don't want to have to get a tetanus shot after taking a shower. So you probably need to bring flip-flops. Like our favorite place, the Booba Beach Hole Be- Hotel. The Beach Hole Inn. In Dayonta. Daytona's That's finest. French for Daytona. Dayonta. Dayonta? I don't know. I just made it up. Dayonta. Now that I'm saying it like three times, it's stupid. El Dayonta. Yeah. La Dayonta. So now we're at the Days Inn by our favorite chain. Wyndham. Wyndham. We did not stay at a Wyndham in Charlotte, folks. Heck no. We we actually eliminated. Well, actually, We made sure when we got on Priceline that Wyndham was not an option. So Nicole Riley gives it a one out of five. And this was her worst experience ever because she says that. Because I'm going to start right now. This was the worst hotel experience I've ever had. From the rude receptionist to the ashes and drug residue in my room. I want to give them zero stars. Well, that's how you should phrase it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I want to. Yeah, not I want So you're on our good side now, Nicole. She almost went down the zero style trap. But I have questions. Drug residue. I don't know what it looks like. How does she? Maybe she's a recovering addict. Okay, I'll give her that. I'll give her that. So, so happy I didn't try to tough it out. Me too. After reading other reviews, my experience is the norm here. At first, we couldn't find a reservation. I don't know what we means. Did she have to assist the Probably, clerk? probably. Maybe that, maybe that was the drug user. She told me to sit down until it's worked out. Yep, she was, she was high on some kind of drug. She's like, hey. So this clerk has not zone. gone to the SMI training academy for customer, customer service. service. No. Okay. What's now that? that we have that, or she they probably, didn't work for Chick-fil-A either. No, she, right. she probably worked for LB. She went to the LB Customer Service Academy. So after she sat down, she said, hey, I asked for my license back. She replied, meaning the clerk, that I never gave her my license. I told her I specifically remember sliding it under the window. That's when she became mean and snapped. That I never gave it to her. She should, there's something missing there. Did she edit it while she was driving? One wheel in it, one hand in it? That's when she became mean and snapped that I never gave it to her and went to show me on the camera. Where she found that I had, in fact, slid it under the window. Boom. Whoa. Busted. You're back in our good graces, Nicole. Yep. She then told me rudely to remove my luggage from the cart because I wasn't paying a paying customer. We hadn't found my reservation yet. <laughs> Can't use our cart till we find your reservation. Wow. And she says we again, so it's obvious Nicole is helping the manager find the reservation because she's drugged out. When she was getting me checked in, she asked if I wanted smoking or non-smoking. I said non-smoking and went to my room, which reeked of smoke, as we've said. Yep. If they're smoking there, they're all going to smell of smoke. Don't get your hopes up. Don't be disappointed. Just take half a star away in your review. I then notice ashes and drug residue on the tray under the ice bucket. See photo. Once again, she's been tempted twice if she's recovering. I mean, this is rough. I'm surprised she didn't put the tray down and snort it. So is that the kind of, you saw the photo. Was it, was it cocaine residue? 
Is that what you're saying? I mean, it could have been powdered sugar. Someone could have <laughs> had a little donut from Krispy Kreme. I don't know. Maybe, but then there's that. I don't go around snorting things on trays, but a tray, I've seen on movies from the 80s, they cut it up on a little silver tray. Like Scarface? Yeah, they roll it up with a $20 bill and go, <laughs> and then pull out their machine gun and start shooting people. It happens. I then took it down to the front desk, having to stick my finger in the hole. <laughs> oh, there's more. Okay, gang. Okay. Ahead. Of the broken off elevator button to go down. No, that freaked me out, man. Wow. Oh, I, I, don't, I would have taken the stairs. I would have stairs. took the stairs. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, this is a motel. It's a day's end by Wyndham, so at the most, it's three floors. Four, maybe. Yeah. I ain't sticking anything in a hole at Wyndham. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She became angry at me for bringing the tray down. Well, doesn't the hotel own the tray? This clerk should have said, thank you very much. I'm sorry. Well, I think it was the tray the ice bucket sits on to keep the water from spilling out. I thought it was a cocaine little silver Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a cocaine tray and it comes, it's it's a Wyndham. You know, maybe they have drug paraphernalia. I've only driven through St. Louis. A lot of drug paraphernalia? I didn't stop. I saw the arch from the interstate. My wife and I went to a friend of my wife's wedding in Springfield. Not Illinois, Missouri. Yeah. And Missouri's a screwed up state. They can't even get their own cities. Yeah, Springfield's a very else's. weird place. You got a million-dollar mansion next to a single wide with broken-down cars in front of it. Yeah, that's his family. Yeah, yeah I never thought of that. Yeah, well, I mean, one the loser son that couldn't get a job. Yeah, well then, I put a single wide in the acre to the, the left. The loser son Larry out there selling dope makes a bunch of money, buys a mansion, but he don't want to leave mom and daddy's trailer site, so he builds his mansion behind their trailer. Or he buys land and moves his whole family, so all 17 trailers, to his property and then builds his mansion behind it, and it's like a common area. You know what would be awesome? If you're the last surviving child of that man? Then you get the mansion. And the trailer park. You got income for the rest of your life. See, now 17 you trailers. You have a 17 trailer trailer park and a mansion. You've made it. Yeah. At that point, you've made it. Go to the big house to pay your rent. Well, anyway, she became angry about the tray because I gave it to her in front of customers. Well, you know what? If there's drug paraphernalia, and I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, those people in the lobby probably wanted that residue. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're probably, hey, what are you doing with my tray? I knew I left that somewhere. I left and won't be back. Horrible experience. I had a three-night stay booked. Well... You should have read. I mean, I didn't read Look, the reviews for the Beach Bum Inn. We have learned our lesson. I'm I mean, reading reviews. I, you're, you're about to read the Radisson review. And I'm very critical, Sorry. but it was a great experience. But first, I picked this because it's called Pontoon Beach, dude. How is there a beach in this area? I don't know. I looked around. It is a place, but I didn't see a beach. But it's called Pontoon Beach. But... Maybe it's painted on like because the marina in Miami was. Geography not my is strong a hobby suit. of mine. It's not my strong suit. Along the Mississippi, the river is new. Thus, the zigzags. Well, the river wants to get down to the Gulf of Mexico in the most efficient way, which means it has to straighten the zigzags. So that leaves what is called Oxbow Lakes. So I'm sitting here, I'm making assumptions, but I'm thinking at one point there was maybe an oxbow lake there, but it dried up. Maybe. 
and now they call it pontoon beach but once again that's why i'm not a geographer because it's all assumptions but let's go to the motel six pontoon beach for a nice little tour all right the jerry bloom but it's only one o. Hey, blom or is blom blom blad <laughs> blad i think it's another made up last name do you think he just left one o out of it so we wouldn't know who it was maybe Maybe it was Jerry Bloom, but it's Blom. I think it's Blom. Blomberger? Do you take that off? Blomberger? I don't know. We'll do a deep dive. I'm not a skip tracer, but <laughs> anyway, Jerry said, front desk associate was rude, disrespectful, and we had a voucher for a free night and was told they would not take it because it doesn't process right. Mind you, we drove four hours and the front desk lady called her boss. And this guy didn't use punctuation. This is the wrong and. That's just an A-N. Should this, have a D. This and guy is obviously not a math maker. what he told her. So me and my wife make multiple phones. <laughs> just phones, not calls. Make multiple phones to be to be told to have the front desk lady call the helpline for Motel 6. Now, I'm going to give Motel 6 a little credit here. It sounds like people at corporate were helping, which we don't see very often at a Motel 6. And I want to point something out to you. Don't forget the first review. Where did she go? And she said it was way better than the first Western Inn. <laughs> Damn right. This is right across the freaking street. She went to the Motel 6. They left the light on. Well, they tried to help, at least with a voucher. Yeah. I'll take that. They even said they would help her process it and once... She was told that. She dropped to her knees and started banging her head on the counter <laughs> and then trying to convince us for her not to call because it could take her over an hour for someone to get on the line. She started wow. banging her head into the counter? No, was there drug residue on that counter? I've never banged my head on a counter. Well, I fell asleep once. And Sounds like this lady didn't leave any somebody. residue. She didn't leave any residue. I don't know. There was no residue. She cleaned that tray up. But we got our room after. Oh, no. I'm adding correct wording here. But we got our room and after it was processed. Hold it. They used and right. Because after starts with a vowel, they're supposed to use and. All right. Let's leave math out. That was an accident. Equation on their part. It was processed. She threw, wrong through, T-H-R-U, the papers at my wife. <laughs> well, this shouldn't be unexpected if she's banging her head exactly. on a counter. You don't want to touch her anyway. Said sign here, the voucher went through, that is all that matters, and said, I'm just done with you. No glad to help you, no nothing. I will never stay at a hotel, Motel 6 again. Every time we have gone, bad service. Well, this is every time we have gone. No, you leave all the other times out of it, sir. You stick to Mr. Mr. Jerry, you leave all the other times out of it. You stick to this one occasion. You're reviewing your one stay here, not every flipping stay you've had of your whole life here. And the fact that you keep coming back to Motel 6s and having nothing but bad service, sir, that makes you the idiot, not them. Yeah, I mean... Maybe you should bang your head against the counter. Yeah, Jerry, I mean, Jerry needs his head bang, banged against that counter. Now, I'm going to give you guys an example, and I might have ruined some English language here. 
I don't know. I didn't spell check. But this is an honest review, and I would stay at this hotel again. Yeah, and this is where we stayed at. After the booked, race. That we booked randomly by spinning the wheel last week on the show. And overall, it's a good experience. I would stay there again. And I state that. But first, James Farrow, six minutes ago on Google, gave it a three out of five. First things first, we will stay here again. So I make that clear. I want people to know we will stay there again. Me and my co-host, I can't speak English, I can write it. Me and my co-host Brad for Race Car Spelled Backwards were covering the Coca-Cola 600 for our podcast and needed a place to stay after the race. We stopped by on the way to the track at around 11.30 a.m. and talked to the gentleman at the front desk. He was very friendly. We asked him if there would be a problem if we were to check in at 3 a.m. the next morning, and he assured us we would have no problem. And I want to be clear. No problems. Great guy. Yeah, he was correct. We had no problems. We had no problems. After an amazing race, we headed to the hotel and arrived at 2.30 a.m. The clerk then, who was a different clerk, was amazing when we arrived. Very friendly. She was awesome. Yes, she was. She found that a mistake was made on our reservation and fixed it. She was sure we didn't want to sleep in the same bed because <laughs> I don't want to sleep with Brad in the same bed. Yeah, I like you. And too. she I don't switched like you that us much. <laughs> to two queens. So, you know, great experience employee wise. We had two issues with our room. First, when we entered the room, oh my goodness, I, did, I, I had a grammatical error. I'm so ashamed. First, when we entered the room, I should have had a, a comma there. Oh, no. It smelled like an armpit after a workout. Do you think that was a fair assessment, Brad? Oh, it definitely smelled like an armpit after a workout. But this seemed to dissipate after running the AC unit, and it was not on when we got there. But it did dissipate, but a new smell came out of the air conditioner. Toe cheese. <laughs> and it smelled like toe cheese. I don't cheese. know if it was because I had the same socks on for 20 <laughs> hours or if it was the room. So I, I didn't go there because we didn't We're find literally, the problem. Literally almost asleep, Jamie's like, dude, I smell toe cheese in the room. I'm like, dude, it's us. We stink. Yeah, so I didn't put it on Shut there. up. <laughs> the only other problem we had was second problem. I'm going to read verbatim. I'm not going to add lib like I started to. Second problem was when we needed to shower, there were only enough towels for one person. No, that's not correct, though. There was no towels. All they had were those the two hand towels. towels. That's true. I used the towel that was on the tub you're supposed but to put down as a mat. That's because it was a room it wasn't for little to... people. Oh, yeah, that's true. It was an Oompa Loompa room. It's for little people. The toilet was almost on the floor. The shower... And I'm not complaining. The shower head was hitting us in the chest. And then yeah. you had those little bitty towels. So that explained it. I mean, yeah, it was, it was just, a Oompa Loompa room. It was, it was for little people. It was so. for employees of Charlie's Chocolate Factory. Maybe. Was there a chocolate factory nearby? I'm sure there is. It's Charlotte's a very big town. It's about <laughs> the size of, in my estimation, of Atlanta. Do we have a chocolate factory around? I can honestly say this was a nice hotel. It was clean. I had no issues with that. The service was not were great. The people were nothing but nice. They were fantastic. And you the know, location was a little sketch. Okay, I mean, because that was their parking lot across yeah. from the. We shared a parking lot with the homeless gentlemen's clubs and Chubb's Fat Sacks Burgers, which doesn't make me hungry. And I love hamburgers. I'm not eating 
any hamburger from Chubby Fat Sacks. I mean, my three favorite food groups. I thought it was another strip club. Pizza, hamburgers, and hot dogs. Favorite food group. I, I don't don't but, go to. But the you're FDA. not eating. At, you're not eating at Chubbs. Yeah, I'm not having. I mean, Chubbs Fat Sacks. Let's let's make sure we get the whole name in there. I I damn sure ain't eating a hot dog there. <laughs> there ain't no way. But anyway, the end of my review. I say the employees here are amazing. Everyone we came into contact with had great personalities. Ratings should be a half star. A 3.5 would be a true rating from me. And really, a little air freshener and another set of towels, I would have given five stars. I agree. I, I, I agree 100% with this review. Like I said, the worst part of this thing was we showed up at 2.30 in the morning. They were closing the homeless gentleman's club down, and the owner come walking across the parking lot with, with a glass pipe and no with shirt a crack pipe no shirt no shoes heading into the woods do you think it was a male stripper club it was a gentleman's the, but club. i don't go to those i don't know a whole lot about them either i so. mean you know i asked the wife to give me a show every once in a while it said homeless gentleman's club on it right so i don't think it was homeless i think some letters were missing and we oh. filled that in with our brains Oh, I saw homeless, and then I saw fat sack, chubby fat sacks burgers. Up there. I get confused. Maybe it was chubby fat sacks gentleman's club and burger joint. I get confused when they call it a gentleman's club. Does that mean gentlemen are up there dancing naked, or does it mean gentlemen are watching? No clue. I don't no. know either. I don't do that. No I mean, clue. All I know is I would not be going to the homeless gentleman's club and chubby fat sacks burger joint all i can say is my wife and i make our own fun and i don't need to pay for it <laughs> well next week we're going to worldwide technology raceway at gateway that is located in madison illinois it is a 1.25 mile oval track turns one and two have 11 degrees of bankings and turns two and three have nine degrees of bankings like jamie pointed out earlier it does have like an egg shape kind of like Darlington to it it's stretched out kind of like Martinsville so it's like if Darlington and Martinsville had a baby you would get WWTRG or whatever that's too much they need to just they (laughs) need to shorten it just call it you you did it I I like what you did WWTR yeah yeah I'm good with that I actually liked it better when it's just gateway but it is an asphalt track it'll hold 78,000 seating capacity 78,000 Curtis owns the track First Say his Fran- last name. Say it. Francozzi? I know I screwed that up. We we practiced. We've talked it. We practiced before we started recording, and I still. But the I is before. I want to say Frank Francozzi like he's a mafia guy, but it's Franco. Fran- it's Frank. Isn't the O fully pronounced when it's followed by I? Maybe it's Francois. If anyone out there is an English teacher, or if anybody knows Curtis's last name, let us Tweetus, know. Uh. You know what? We need to start a Facebook page. I don't know. Send us a face. I don't do Facebook. I don't so either. I don't... Just tweet us. Send us a Facebook, and we'll start our own page because you sent us something. That doesn't work that way, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just tweet us. All right. First race was 1967. The track started out as a drag strip, then changed into a road course, and then changed into an oval back in the 90s. Actually, it was like 95 it became an oval. First cup race is this weekend. Ever. 2022 will be the first cut race there. It's hard for me to put statisticals together for this track because we have never run there. So basically, when I was putting my fantasy picks together, 
I just went to Richmond and Phoenix because in my mind, this is going to be a lot like Richmond, Phoenix. I don't want to say Martinsville because uh, Martinsville I hope sucked. Not. I hope Richmond and Phoenix were not much better. They were like one notch above Martinsville, but I have a feeling it's going to be like that. I hope not, but I just I'm I have a feeling. Chase Briscoe won it at Phoenix earlier this year, and Denny Hamlin won it at Richmond earlier this year. So. For my fantasy, four fantasy picks for this weekend, I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. Is that because you like Denny now? No, it's because he won Richmond. He also won the 600. Yeah, well, that is not the... You think he's on a roll? Yeah, that's that was what I... Like, I picked Denny because, one, momentum. Two, he usually runs good at Richmond. And he won earlier there this year, so I'm thinking he's going to do good here. Uh, Kyle Busch, because... Kyle Busch runs good everywhere, but I think Kyle's probably got the most experience from trucks and Xfinity cars here. Daniel Suarez, because I'm tired of picking Tyler Reddick and him having issues, so I'm thinking that Chase Elliott curse we have maybe slipping over to Tyler, so I skipped him. I'm going to go with Daniel. And then I'm going to go with Alex Bowman. I really don't know why, but that's who I want to go with this week. Because you met his parents. No, that was William. Oh, shoot. So I'm going to go. Maybe with I should listen more to our podcast. Denny, Kyle, Daniel, and Alex. Who do you got, Jamie? I'm going with Kurt Busch as my number one pick. All right. My second pick is going to be Daniel Suarez. All right. Third, Chase Briscoe, because he won Phoenix. <laughs> okay. Fourth, I'm going with Denny. Because you like him now? Because I like him now. Has nothing to do with any of his previous wins. Care less about that. Yeah. I'm, but, you know, Denny, I hope you start listening to us. I will be critical of anyone. You can ask Brad, even if I like you. Right, you screw up, Denny. We're going to call you out. Yeah. Just like anybody. You screw up, we're going to call you out. Yeah. So, again, shout out to everybody we met this weekend. Thanks for everything. It was awesome. Big thanks to Bob Pockers, Claire B., Mamba. Y'all were great. Appreciate everything, all the time you gave to us. I mean, time is money, and you gave us some of your time, and we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks to Marcus and Humpy. Oh, yeah, And now I know his last name. And now you know what Marcus looks like. (laughs) I I Googled his image yesterday after my nap. After you knew what he looked like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is him. So, and thank you to SMI for allowing us to be there. It was amazing. I want to do it again. We will apply for media pass again but more importantly thanks to those that listen and follow us on twitter you guys are awesome you're the reason why we we're able to do that thank you yeah thanks everybody i mean we appreciate it so like you said thanks for all our people who follow us on twitter that's at car backwards on twitter if you don't follow us make sure you start following us check us out on spotify make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts. leave us a review there and check out our website, racecarbackwards.com, which here in the couple the coming weeks, we're going to be revamping that website. So definitely check, take a look at it now so when we do change it, you'll know what changes we made. But all our podcasts will be there. Oh, yeah. But other than that, that's all I got this week. Jamie, you got anything else before we close? Yeah, what episode is this? This is episode 17, and we turned the fan off. And, oh, see, so this is 17. Yeah. I change it at the end of every episode. We have a chalkboard in our studio where we record at, 
And after the end of every episode, I now change it so we always know what episode we're on. So this is episode 17. We're closing out. Next week will be 18, and we remembered to turn the fan off so we have no fan noise in this episode. But it's 90 degrees outside. But (laughs) just for FYI. One day we'll get air conditioner. And hopefully before this year's over, we're going to get a YouTube channel. Yes. We're going to move our seats from facing our posters and... They're actually all Brad's. I'll have to bring my some of my cars. But we are going to put this podcast on a YouTube channel at Thank some you. point in the near future. So stay tuned, everybody. But remember, Brad is technologically challenged. No, I'm just And he Matt's looks challenged. great when you compare how I use technology. <laughs> because I'm basically the hammer guy. My kids still help me. <laughs> Mine do it all for me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to a race car spelled backwards.